helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about ungodly spirits. Yes, and this is going to be the first part of a three-part series where we're going to be talking about ungodly spirits in men. I know there have been a lot that have been said about ungodly spirit in women, and there have a lot of women who have come in and have been told by people or by their husband that they have the Jezebel spirit. But in today's show, the first part of the series, I will be talking about the Samson spirit. And you may not have heard about that before. I don't think there is any literature out there on that. But I have done some research in the Bible, and I have come up with seven characteristics that that, that captures men who are who have this spirit of Samson. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. And with me in studio today is Melissa Wagat, who is going to be walking with me through this uh, through this show. And uh, Melissa, welcome, and thank you for being here with us again today. You're so welcome, Michael. It's great to join you in studio. Yes, it's a pleasure having you here. And you know, we're talking about the show about the bad rap that women get in in today's Christian circle, where a lot of women are made to feel that they're not godly enough and that they have the Jezebel spirit and that they're not submissive. But uh, today we are going to be uh, talking about some of the ways in which men have fallen short and some of the spirit that that men take on because they're not walking according to the godly principles. So I'm really excited, Michael, as you say, to examine this from this perspective where we are going to look at how men too can have their challenges and as always, I really love it when we can take these things from the Bible and pick them apart because it can be so applicable today, even though these stories were written so many years ago. Absolutely. But before we get into the show today, Melissa, maybe you should tell the listeners a little bit about Elim. I'm putting you on the spot again and about what we do and uh, take it away. You're yeah. the expert on that. <laughs> Sounds good. We're going to flip the tables on this as well. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we want to welcome you to the Life Transformation Radio Show. We're on each week and this is part of the Elam Counseling Ministry. But as part of Elam, we also have a professional counseling service that we offer in the Ottawa area. We have trained psychotherapists on staff and we approach our therapy from uh, God-based principles. We are Christian therapists um, and so we take that into account when we're applying our therapy. We also strive to make counseling available for everyone who may need it. So as a result, we do function on a sliding scale that is made uh, in large part possible by generous donations from people like yourself. So if you've benefited from this program or you've benefited from our counseling in the past, we strongly encourage you to consider donating what you can because it allows us to provide counseling at an affordable rate. Because as we've talked about many times on the show in the past, some of the people that need counseling the most, unfortunately, the cost is just too high for other types of counseling for them. If you want to hear more about Elam, you can always visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. While you're there, you can also check out a variety of resources that we have available for you, as well as our past radio show podcasts. If you prefer calling us by phone, you can always reach us at 613-699-1677. Is that enough for I think that's excellent. You would think you're reading a script there, but I can guarantee you, for those of you who are listening, she's not 
not reading from a script. She's just saying all of this off the top I've of her head. I've heard it a few so, times before. So I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> I've heard it a few times before. So as you say, Michael, today we're flipping the tables on some of the, the spirits we talk about in in the past, it tends to focus on women, but we're going to give men their fair share today. And you've picked out Samson uh, as the first part of a three-part series, correct? That we're going to be doing looking absolutely. at ungodly spirits right. in so, men. So the three parts of the series that we'll be doing, we'll be looking at Samson today. Then the next week, we'll be talking about the Nabal spirit. Uh, we know the story about uh, Abigail and Nabal. So we're going to be talking about what the Ahab, what the Nabal spirit looks like. And then we'll be talking about the Ahab spirit, and I think there are probably uh, a lot of have been said about the Ahab spirit, but I, I think we are going to be taking it from a different perspective as we usually do when we approach these subjects. But today's show is about Samson's spirit, the men out there who might be having the spirit of Samson because of how they are conducting their relationships. So what we have done is we have taken seven things from Judges 14 to 17, seven things that we, we have found by examining the passage in, in the book of Judges 14 to 17. And we have seen that these things are very common today, even among Christian men. And we want to talk about these seven things and highlight them as a warning that if you find that there's any of these things in your relationship, then you should be be uh, falling on your knees and praying to God and asking God to remove them, or better yet, get uh, or also along with that, asking God to, along with asking God to remove them, but also getting practical help uh, to help you to stay clean from falling back into these patterns. So, what's the first pattern we see Samson exhibit in this, the book um, of Judges? When we look at the story of Samson, the things that uh, that the thing that jumps out of you from examining Samson's life is that he there was a focus on strength. There was a focus on the body, muscles, and physical activities, things that he could accomplish by by his physical strength. And yes, we know that this was a gift that was given to him. In, throughout the, 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 the chapter 14 to chapters 14 to 17, we're often told that Samson will become very strong as the spirit of the Lord came upon him. But within those chapters as well, one of the things that we find is that this strength, this strength that he exhibited uh, was focused on so much that there were other areas of his life that wasn't built up. For example, he was in touch with his physical strength, but out of touch with his emotions. When it comes to his, his relationship with his first wife, who met a violent death, we see that he was not in touch with the emotions of what was happening in the dynamic between himself and her families and even with that first wife. We, when it comes to Delilah, his second wife, we, we are told that we, we see Samson not being in touch with his emotions as well. We see him just going about doing things in a manual way, uh, exhibiting his strength. If there was a conflict he would he, with the Philistines, even in his own home, and we'll talk about that lately, how they got into his home, but he would get up, he would, he would uh, confront these men who would be waited, lying in wait to overpower him, and, and he, would, he would overpower them by his strength. But there was no 
emotions attached to it. Like, why are these men here? What, let, let me see what, what's happening in, in this home environment. So he was so in touch with his strength that other areas of his life suffered. And so we find that he was not in touch with his emotions. We also find that he, he was not in touch with his spirituality. One of the things that, that, that another thing that we see in this chapter is that we, we are told that the Spirit of the Lord often came up on him, but there is very little about Samson calling upon the Lord. So there was a very shallow spiritual relationship, despite the fact that he had this gift that, that the Spirit of God came upon him. One of the only time in those three chapters that we hear of Samson calling upon God was when his sinful habits and attitude got him into a situation where he was now captured by the Philistines and his eyes were blinded and he was about to die. And then he called on God in chapter 16, verse 28. And he, he said, he, he asked God to remember him. And I, I think the word remember there could be taken to mean that he has been so much out of touch with God, from how I'm interpreted mm. at least, that he's so much out of touch with God that now he's calling on God and saying, God, remember me. Don't forget me because, and that's the only time that we find that he's calling on God. And the interesting part of that, that's a time where his physical body has been affected. Yes. And that strength that he had, though it's his vision that's been lost, it's his physical body right. that's been affected. And that's the time he has to call and out because that's, a, that's that, what that's he has. That's the time he's called. So it's almost as if God had to bring him to his knees to help him to remember where the source of his of his strength comes from and that his glory wasn't just in his physical body his glory was in was in god and so in that place where he's now captured and he's facing death he called upon god saying remember me and i think people who have this samson spirit they are they're 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 so focused on the body on on strength on maybe their external beauty but neglect their spiritual lives, neglect the, the, the things that are really very important because that external strength can only carry you so far. So the first characteristics of the, the first of the seven characteristics of men who have the Samson spirit is that they are too focused on external things. They are too focused on their strength or maybe their appearance and not as focused on emotion and on spirituality and other things that will lead to a more balanced and effective life. What other characteristics do we see when someone has a Samson spirit? In the same way that someone with the Samson spirit is focused on their own strength, men with the Samson spirit also has a tendency to value beauty over character. So when they're looking for a wife, they're not looking at whether or not this person is a godly person, whether or not this person have of good qualities. They're more concerned, oh, wow, this person is a gorgeous person. So it's not uncommon for men who has this sort of a spirit to have very beautiful women by their side as trophy wives, but they these women are very shallow in terms of spirituality and they have very, very little going for them. So this is some something that we see. Or maybe they have godly wives. Maybe they have wives that are have very good character but they're not satisfied satisfied with that godly wife. They have to be seeking after that beauty and that 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 fulfillment, that lust of the flesh by going after women who have this external appearance. In in the fourteenth chapter of 
of Judges, we are told that Samson, the quality that he, he saw for his first wife was that she looked pleasing to him. She pleased him. In other words, she was beautiful. And there was nothing there said. As a matter of fact, when when his family heard about it, they were concerned because she wasn't she wasn't of the Jewish faith. She didn't she had there was nothing said about her faith in God. It was just more about the fact that she was pleasing to Samson's eyes. Mm. And so you can see how that sort of sets things up where it's all about looks again and not very much about the person on the inside. What other qualities do we see when someone has a Samson-like character? So we see also that there is this tendency to be oblivious to the unhealthy dynamics that are in the family system. Samson, as a husband, had some very troubling things happening in his household, but he, he... went about solving these things in a wrong way, or or he was totally blind to these things. For example, with his first wife, we are told that when he had given this riddle to the Philistine that no one could guess, she came to him as a Philistine herself and started crying to him, weeping that he didn't love her because he didn't tell her the riddle. And she told him the riddle, and then shortly after that, the riddle was guessed by, by the people by by her people, the Philistines. And so you would think that that he would be concerned and say, well, why, how is it that as I tell her this riddle, someone knows the answer? So again, he's, he's, out, touch, he's out of touch with his emotion, but he's also out of touch of what is happening within his family. We see with his second wife, Delilah, that the same kind of things were happening in the relationship where Delilah wanted to know the source of his strength. Where did he, where did he get this mighty strength from and, and what she could do to overpower him, to make him become weak? And he, and he refused to tell her. But there should be something going off in Samson's mind that says, why is it that my wife is so focused on knowing what she could do to help me lose my strength? So what has happened is that Delilah had become triangulated with, with the leaders of the Philistines, and there was a plot to overpower Samson. But Samson was totally unaware that his wife was 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 triangulated, that she wasn't totally with him, but that she had too much of a close bond with her people. And so he just uh, saw signs after signs, like each time he would tell her what to do to, to rid him of his strength, men would turn up, Philistines would turn up to overpower him. And each time that it happened, you would think that eventually he would cue into this and say, wait a minute here, why is it that every time I tell you specific things to do, you do it, and then men turn up to try to overpower me at that specific time. So it it might sound like a very funny story, but the same thing happened in relationships today, where there are things that are steering men with the Samson-like spirit in their face, in their household. It could be the children where things are falling off the rail and, and they're, they're, there is drug addiction or there are things that are happening that needs to be attended to. And they are not. They're, they're just focused on making money. 
or they're, they're focused on their hobbies and they are not involved with the family. So that's, a, that's the other characteristic that men with this spirit, they're out of touch with what is happening, the unhealthy things that are happening in their households. Through those two examples, it also seems like Samson lacked a little bit of wisdom in his thoughts and in his choices. Is that another characteristic we absolutely, see? Absolutely. Absolutely. This lack of wisdom. So we, we see that... Uh, Men learn from, should be able to, we should be all able, be able to learn from our mistakes. So after choosing this first wife from the Philistines, where she, he saw that she, she had this unhealthy attachment to her family and her father was so involved and the, he was just not able to have a close bond with her because of how close she was with her family and the, the, the unhealthy attachment and the dishonesty of that people, you would think that he would learn from that and would say, okay, I will be more careful in choosing my second wife. But instead of having that wisdom, Samson again went back to choose an ungodly wife from the Philistines, someone that didn't embrace the, the, the Jewish faith, that, that he didn't have much in common with. The only thing we are told that he loved her, and he probably loved her as Delilah because she was also very beautiful, like his first wife. So the, the, the failure to learn from past mistakes, the failure to gather wisdom as a result of things that have happened in your life, if you're a man and you're listening to this show and you keep making the, mistake, the same mistakes over and over, it's a sign that this, this spirit is at work in your life. And, and so we're we we seeing that he's attracted to the same kind of woman. She's beautiful, but she's deceptive. And, you know, both women were after, were not after him, they were after money. But he couldn't see that as a, as, a, as a man who was supposed to have a relationship with God. All he could see was that these women were beautiful. And this led to his downfall. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we're doing part one of a three-part series about ungodly spirits in men. And today we're talking about the spirit of Samson. If you've missed the first part of the show, we encourage you to check it out on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E. L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or you can call us at 613-699-1677 to get a copy of the show. So, Michael, we were just talking about how a sign of having the Samson spirit is lacking wisdom. What other characteristics do you see? I see here uh, someone who is also very easy to manipulate. And so when we look at Samson's life, we see that both wives were able to manipulate him by using guilt. The first wife wanted to know the, the, the secret of the riddle that he had told, and, and people were trying to guess. And as a result of that, it cost him. And so the second wife also wanted to know the secret of his strength, and she she she. Uh, kept going after him and eventually started weeping as well and saying, you don't love me because if you love me, you would tell me the source of your strength. And as a result, he gave in to these women instead of, instead of standing up to these women and saying, and saying, why is it that this is so important? You have a dialogue. 
and have an honest dialogue to find out what is going on. But instead, he was manipulated. So there is this switch in the subject that is taking place in that kind of couple's relationship where the real issue is not being discussed, but emotions are dictating what happens in the household. So uh, in, in both cases, the woman in his life used emotions to control him, and they were very ungodly things that were happening. In both cases, both women were sold out were were involved, triangulated with a third party, and he didn't. He he was easily manipulated to think that there was nothing going on. So it's sad to say that I see men who come before me who they they have affairs that their wives are having that are staring them in the face, and they're manipulated because if they try to bring it up, the woman will cry and will say, "How oh, dare you think that of me? This is not happening," and they would not think about it, or or they use other a guilt trip to make them feel that you know you're too insecure if you were more secure in yourself you wouldn't mind me going out to spend weekend with this male friend of mine and so this i think is led to samson's downfall because he was easily manipulated by a woman in his life who were were not sold out to god but that were sold out to ungodly things and i think as men of god we have to be able to stand up for what is right and not to be manipulated by the emotions of others. Mm -hmm. And facilitate that healthy dialogue that you had talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. What other characteristics do we see in the Samson spirit? I think we're on number six, if my count's correct. Absolutely. There is this very, this this pervasive passivity that is happening in in Samson's life as well. And we, we see this happening with, with, with both wives. So not only is he manipulated, but he's very passive, right? He's, he's manipulated, but he's not able, he's also passive in the sense that he's not able or, or has the ability or the willingness to speak up and to say, there is something here that I'm seeing that is not quite right, Delilah. Why is it that you keep doing you, you, these men are turning up in my house. This family dynamic is, is not right. There are things happening here that needs to change. Uh, you, you can't keep asking me for this. Why is it that you want to know the, the, the secret of my strength? There is no dialogue. He's just passive. And this passivity led to him giving in. We see the passivity in Samson's life in other ways as well, where we are told that with his first wife in chapter 14 of Judges, when he was to seek his first wife, we are told that he saw this woman and she was beautiful, and he went to his his parents and asked his parents to get her for him. So this is this is very, very unusual that he would be asking his parents to approach a woman that he wants as a wife. So there is this passive nature, and I think men with the Samson spirit have this passivity about them where they might they might be full of muscles and they might be full of tattoos and they look like they're ready to take on life. But emotionally they're very 
passive because they don't have the temerity to stand up to things that are not going well and to speak out in a godly way against things that need to be spoken out against. So what's the final characteristic we see in someone with the Samson spirit? The final quality that we see in men with the Samson spirit is that because of this emotional void that is created, oftentimes there is a, a tendency to try to fill that void with something that is ungodly. So in the case of Samson, it was sexual immorality. For many men today with the Samson spirit, it's pornography and it's sexual addiction. We're told in chapter 16, verse 1, that after Samson's first wife died, that in chapter 16, verse 1, he went into a harlot. So he, he went into a prostitute. So in other words, Samson had this side of him, despite the fact that he was this gifted man of God, that he's gifted with strength. And he has this, 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 this blessing upon his life. The Samson spirit led him to be, to be sexually immoral. And so he's going to prostitutes and he's indulging himself in a way that is ungodly. So for men with the Samson spirit, it might not just be sexual immorality. It can be drugs. It can be other thing, things. But I think that is often meant to fill a void that's behind the passivity, that's behind this bravado that they have to put on with the muscles and the tattoos to show that they are they are they are they are man enough. Usually there is an emptiness there, and instead of filling it with God, instead of filling it by getting in touch with their emotional pain, they seek to fill it oftentimes with ungodly things like pornography and sexual addiction. So, what is the root of someone having a Samson-like spirit? I think if we look at this, if we if we take this story and we look at it closely, we we can start seeing from chapter fourteen that he had very over-involved parents in his life who were doing things for him, who were who were doing too much for him. And so we, we, we are told that he went to his parents and he said, you know, I saw this woman that I like, can you get her for me? And instead of them saying, you're a grown man, you can, you know, why don't you approach her yourself? We, we see that these these parents that they went with him to get his first wife for him. So so there are parents who probably at that stage of his life he was able to marry. They are so involved. They were probably over involved in his life as a child as well. So he never really grew up. He had the body of them the strongest man that ever lived. But emotionally he was a child. Emotionally inside he was a little boy because he was never given the the, the room to grow up and to become a man. So to answer your question, at the root of it can be over-involved parents, but we it, uh, we also can see at the root of it can be very passive parents as well who indulged him too much with everything that he that he wanted. Because what's interesting about this story when he asked for for for. For, for this wife among the Philistines, the parents said, is there no wife among your people? Is there no godly woman you can find among your, your, your own people that you could marry? And he said, no, I, 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 she, she, she looks good to me, so get her. And these parents, instead of standing up for godly principles and for saying, number one, you, you can go and get her yourself 
if you want her. Number two, she doesn't meet the qualities or the, she doesn't have the character that God would want you to have. They indulged him. And I think this indulgence was happening from maybe a very young age because he was this gifted, special child who could do very great things. And so he grew up feeling special. And as a result of it, it destroyed his life. So if someone's listening and they've identified some of these characteristics in themselves, what should they be doing next? I think if you if you are seeing yourself and you're saying, this is about me, this seems like you're speaking to me, I have this Samson spirit, I think it's very important that you begin to deal with the root of it because at the root of it, it's often brokenness and childhood because of some of the things that we see in the story that we have talked about. But I think it's also very important to become very honest of what is happening in your life because burying your head in the sand and not dealing with the situations in your household is just going to lead to disaster. So if you are seeing things and you are being passive and you're being manipulated and you're out of touch with what's happening in your family because you are so focused on your strength or your job or the other things that God have blessed you with, it's important to become involved again. But I can say also that what needs to be done is that if you have been trying and you have been failing and you have been filling that void with sexual immorality, you might need to get professional help to be able to break that curse that is over your life. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, as we've talked about in the past, identifying what that void is can be a challenge if you're doing it on your own. Yes, but I think that's the first step to be able to say, I have a problem. It's like Mm -hmm. the roots of every alcoholic anonymous group. You have to say, you know, I am John and I am an alcoholic. It's for you to say, you know, I am John and I I think I have the Samson spirit. And I think that's the first start. And Melissa, I see that we are out of time today. So I would like to thank you very much for listening, for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Stay tuned next week when we are going to talk about the, this, the, the, the enable spirit. And we are going to be looking at that story in a very profound way like we did for this show today. So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Thanking you very much for listening and praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.